0: Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life.
1: Hey, Launch University listeners, this is David Farmer, and I'm excited to be with you today, and I have a very special guest, William Warren of The Sketch Effect. I'll introduce William in just a moment, but I first want to begin by just thanking you for taking the time to spend with us to listen to the podcast Hopefully, you've been along on this journey with us for a while, but if this is your first time, really want to welcome you. Um, We're going to spend about a half hour uh, with William telling his story and uh, sharing lessons that he's learned. I got to know William... uh, goodness, probably five-ish years ago, uh, William was working in marketing at Chick-fil-A and doing a wonderful job, I might add. But in the midst of him uh, performing his primary role, he had this unique talent that emerged. And all of a sudden, William became in uh, much demand. He had the ability to draw and illustrate and tell stories like nobody else. Uh, What William will call, he's really gifted at visual communication, and um, ultimately, that has become a business called The Sketch Effect. He's four years into that full time, and as he's going to share with you, it has grown like crazy over that period. So I I want you to hear William's story. He's doing phenomenal. I can tell you because I knew him first working alongside him, but now I'm a client, and I have used William on a number of occasions. Uh, a lot of the folks here at Chick-fil-A love to, to use William, but he's got clients all over the place now. And so he's going to tell a story and just share some of the lessons that he's learned a- along the way. So William, uh, welcome to the Launch University podcast.
0: Awesome. Thanks, David. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I gave kind of the high-level outline of your story, but why don't you take us back uh, and share a little bit about how the sketch effect sort of came into being?
0: Sure. It's a great story. I love, love telling it. Um, like you said. I used to uh, be working here at Chick-fil-A, and I was on the digital marketing team doing uh, a lot of awesome stuff, including email marketing and social media marketing, stuff like that. And uh, I've always had this sort of passion for illustration and cartooning and comics and stuff like that. Always was drawing as a kid. And so um, throughout my time at Chick-fil-A, I always looked for opportunities to sort of weave in that, that passion into my work. You know, as a creative person, it's hard to keep that keep those passions bottled up so it was really about two years into my time at chick-fil-A where I started to experiment with this idea of visual communication so if I had a meeting to lead or if I was participating in a meeting, I um, might sketch out the ideas on a whiteboard or if a colleague needed some help sort of thinking through his his uh, his work or his strategy, I would sit down with him and maybe diagram it out on the whiteboard together. And uh, for me at the time, it was really just sort of a, a creative outlet, just something fun to do in addition to my full-time job. But uh, what I realized is that people really saw value in it. And they saw, they saw a need that it was meeting. And I loved it because I enjoyed doing it. Uh, it wasn't my official job, but um, really had a lot of fun working with. Um, my colleagues and other, other teams around Chick-fil-A kind of doing this sort of side visual communication hustle, I guess.
1: It, It is super cool to see. And, but talk about why you think people find so much value in it.
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I didn't know it at the time, but, uh, I I was kind of stumbling upon this idea of visual visual communication. Uh, The reality is that everybody, whether they think they are or not, is a visual learner, Um, especially as we sort of go boldly into the 21st century. People are becoming even more visually literate than previous generations. Um, And so what I was doing, without really knowing it, was sort of adding the element of visual learning to communication. So, you know, we're used to being... Uh, we're used to digesting communication verbally uh, through through written and spoken. And so what I was doing was adding that visual element, which um, I believe helps make, make – uh, it makes communication more effective.
1: So you can be in a meeting and just talking about whatever. William can be a, at a whiteboard or an easel, and he can essentially – paint a portrait of the meeting, of the conversation, and it's it's pretty remarkable. In fact, that's one of the things that he does, which you kind of refer to as sort of your live, what do you call it, uh, live sketching? Right,
0: or... yeah. So at the Sketch Effect, we have two main uh, services. One is Sketch Effect Video, and the other one is Sketch Effect Live.
1: Okay. And so Sketch Effect Video, you, it's almost like an animated video where you tell a story Uh, through the illustrations that you create. Is that fair?
0: Correct. Yeah, it's a video. uh, The medium is video and we illustrate uh, concepts on the camera or we animate them and sort of create a a visual story in the video format. All right.
1: So uh, I want to paint a quick picture of where you are today, but then I want to go back in time and and let's talk about how you even got here. Because You've been doing this full-time for about four years. Your business has grown. Um, You've got um, clients. You've got major clients, like uh, not just somebody like Chick-fil-A, but you've got UPS based here in Atlanta, Georgia Power, which is the big utility company based here in the state of Georgia, but you've been traveling all over the country and, and even more recently internationally doing this.
0: Yeah, I just got back from London a couple weeks ago.
1: There are worse places to have there, to go to there do There are,
0: yep, exactly.
1: And your team has grown. It's not just you anymore. It started out with just you. But talk about how your team has grown. And you, you're up to how many folks now?
0: Yeah, sure. So we have six full-time folks uh, in our, our home studio. And we have uh, nine uh, exclusive SketchFect contractors.
1: And still growing, because you said six full-time, but you're trying to hire a couple more right, as well. We've
0: got two open positions we're seeking to hire, uh, uh, looking for, for folks for,
1: yep. So if you think about it and you, and, and you sort of feel this responsibility for the livelihood of these people that are now on your payroll, that's a heck of a lot of growth in four years.
0: It's exciting. It's it's humbling, and you know it's been an exciting journey.
1: Well, I, I know that one of the reasons you've grown is because you guys do a phenomenal job, and the service that you provide resonates not only with your clients, but those that are kind of in the audience that are the benefactors of this, this um, visual learning that you're talking about. Let's go back and talk about how you made the decision from um, – you were gamefully employed, but you decided, hey, I think I'm going to launch my own thing.
0: Yeah, sure. So I remember that time vividly. I had just gotten married. and um, Stakes are higher. Yeah, and I, I came – I showed up one day after work, and I told my wife, I think I'm going to quit my job, <laughs> uh, which is – Always an exciting thing to tell. Uh, I've got your a new good bride. idea. You work. Yeah, you're going to be the primary breadwinner um, for now. But yeah, so like I said, uh, I had kind of stumbled upon this idea of visual communication at Chick Fil A. Um, I actually attended a conference where I saw um, another another uh, agency sort of performing a similar type of service in a professional environment. And that got my wheels turning, and I said, I thought to myself, you know, there really is a a gap in the marketplace. There's really a need for effective visual communication services. And so um, because of both the demand I felt for it, both internally from other colleagues and teams at Chick-fil-A, and then also some external demand from from folks outside of Chick-fil-A that were sort of noticing what I was doing and asking me to do it for them, uh, I realized the time was right to leave and to start a business. And... It wasn't an easy decision, but um, it was it was a good decision. I'm I'm glad I'm glad to have done it. Yeah, we
1: don't really have a lot of people that leave Chick Fil A, but we can still get excited when somebody's leaving uh, because they've got a, a great opportunity. And I think you felt that support and absolutely, and you still got all kinds of clients. Yeah, all over my, the place here at Chick Fil A. Yeah,
0: my my team knew that uh, I had this passion and that there was this cool idea out there. And so they were really cheering me on. And um, one of the things that sort of nudged me in the direction of leaving was that I knew i had had people tell me that if I left, that they would hire me back to do this sort of work. So I kind of already had a built-in client, essentially. I knew that uh, my relationship with uh, the folks at Chick-fil-A was so strong that I knew that if I left... um, there would be opportunity to, to come back and, and provide this sort of service, but in a different capacity.
1: All right. So I want to camp out on, on that for just a moment, because we sometimes talk about a launch process. And part of that involves prototyping your product. So I th- as, as I unpack your story a little bit, it's fair to say you started prototyping when you started um, illustrating in the, co- in the course of meetings, and then you started helping to create videos. And you could tell that people were um, resonating with that because you kept getting asked to do it more and more, and your work kept showing up in more and more places. So hence prototyping. But then it's when you say people were telling you that they would hire you to do this, um, that's when you know you, you're on to something. right. And so I would tell our listeners if you 've got an idea you're working on, how can you test it like that uh, before you just totally um, jump off the cliff how do you know that when you launch uh, there's going to be demand because if it, it felt like y- you had some you had a pretty good hunch you had confidence because you had people telling you yeah this is good
0: yeah I think uh, the the um sort of the courage to launch came in part from knowing that there was a compelling next step. You know, there was a compelling alternative to what I was currently doing. Um, I knew that I wasn't just, just going to bail and not have uh, a good alternative, that there was, uh, there was something out there that um, sort of could, could sustain that launch.
1: So you start out, it's just you. You do have to go find a little bit of contract help how do you How do you begin to sell yourself and how slow was it? I mean, did you sit around for a couple of days waiting on the phone to ring, or were you just going and blowing right out of the gate?
0: yeah, so so like I mentioned, uh, I already sort of had chick-fil-A as a baked in client, which was a heck of a client to start off with, so I'm super grateful for that. Um, I also was able to get work pretty quickly um, from the church that my wife and I attend, and that my wife is actually on staff uh, with, which is a nice connection to have so from the get-go, I had two pretty, pretty great, uh, pretty great clients, and they were small, you know, small projects at first. But it was enough, and you know, there was a little bit of uncertainty of would I have um, enough work to do? Would it be would I have days where I just sat around twiddling my thumbs? And the reality is that I was pretty busy from from day one. Um, I left Chick-fil-A on a Thursday and. Took my tie and name tag off and came back on a Friday and was working um, for myself essentially the next day. How about that? <laughs> um, but it did take a while. Uh, I mean, I, I still feel like we're we're we'll, we're still figuring it out now. We're still kind of kind of answering some of those those questions. But but yeah, I kind of started off started off slow. But but step by step, one of the um, I think one of the the mistakes I made from the outset was trying to launch with too many offerings. Mm. Um, I think when people ask me if I would, could go back and do it differently, uh, I remember when I, I started the Sketch Effect, I think we had nine different products or nine different services we offered. And um, I quickly realized that we needed to focus on the things we do best, the things that are most profitable, and uh, say say goodbye to some of those things that were that we either weren't good at or they weren't profitable or they weren't sort of core to the the brand that we were trying to build.
1: Okay. So that's another big lesson, um, for everybody in the launch university community that you better to nail a couple of things and have real expertise and proficiency and be known for them and feel good about it. than try to spread yourself too thin and, and potentially just be okay at a, a broader array of services.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's better. It's better to focus on the things you do best and the things that, are are most profitable. Um, and it's, it can be hard, especially as a, as an entrepreneur, because you want to, you want to offer a lot of different things and see what sticks. And I think there's value in that, you know, seeing what sticks, but, um, eventually it's important to focus on, on those core things that you do best.
1: I'm hoping our listeners will go check out your website or your Instagram feed and and see firsthand what we're talking about. So go ahead and Tell them, if they wanted to go see what, what the kind of work that you do, where would they go?
0: Yeah, sure. So our website is thesketcheffect.com, and our Instagram is thesketcheffect, uh, all one word. And uh, yeah, we've got some samples up there and, and so, sort of some uh, information related to our, our, our brand and our philosophy and visual communication.
1: Okay, so here's my question. Um, this relates to how you scale, uh, given what you're doing. You have a distinct artistic style. I could always tell, oh, that's a William drawing. Oh, that's a William video. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you get to a place where you're having to add people, and you've got a brand. You do, you've done a good job of creating a brand. Even, I've noticed when I've had you at events, your people show up, and you know they, they have this certain – even what they wear, it, it, it connects right. the brand, right? It's like the right. orange tennis shoes. Is yeah, we right?
0: work in orange Chuck Taylors, yeah.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, oh, the old Chuck Taylor Converse tennis shoes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but you're bringing in other artists that that kind of need to have a, a consistent um, style. How do you teach that? How did you codify that? How thoughtful were you about that?
0: Yes, this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge that we faced as a business. Um, we uh, are offering a creative service that is produced by humans, uh, creative humans, creative people. And um, as anybody who... Um, you know, as most people know, it's it's much harder to scale something that is creative, especially um, something that's as niche as what we're doing, which is sort of this merging of of art and ideas, of, of visuals and communication. And so, what we've we're still figuring that out right now. Um, but what we've learned is to control what we can control, and to standardize what we can standardize. And, and to teach what we can teach. So um, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit. So to control what we can control, um, we use all the same materials. So if a Sketchfect artist is um, doing a, a job out in uh, Los Angeles, they're gonna be using the same exact materials that a Sketchfect artist will be doing in London or um, in Atlanta. Uh, down to um, the, the canvas we sketch on, whether that's foam core or whiteboard, we also standardize the markers we use. So we use the same colors, uh, the, same, the same brand of markers. And we also have uh, come up with a methodology of how we pick our colors. So a sketch effect artist in Los Angeles will pick the same, um, not the same colors, but he'll pick them in a way that um, an artist in New York will do or whatever. So we try to control what we can c- control so that even if the, each individual artist has a different creative hand, um, hopefully enough has been standardized so that the product is consistent from person to person and that we can, uh, we can scale up. Um, and the same goes for our teaching. So when we, whenever we train a new sketch artist, we teach them the same way. We teach them um, how we go about producing this, and, um, uh, and hopefully all those things combined creates a, a scalable service.
1: Do you go so far as to say, okay, this is how you draw a man? <laughs>
0: a little is, bit. This yeah. is how
1: you draw a woman cuz it kind of it sort of looks the
0: same way. Yeah, we do that we do that to a degree. Yeah, it's stuff like that. Uh how do we do typography? How do we um how do we do uh scaling and hierarchy and stuff like that? And we also have developed uh, a concept library. So if um you know, if if somebody mentions a an idea, the odds are that we have already identified sort of a visual um translation of that idea. So all of those combined hopefully creates um, a service that is scalable. So you've got artists. They're at the
1: core of your business, but you're not going to survive without help from some folks that are not artists as well. What you got? You got administrative stuff you got to take care of, too. Absolutely, so, always. How have you managed that as your business has grown um, pretty dramatically uh, in a short period of time?
0: Yeah, so... Um, One thing that I have learned is that there are a lot of things I'm terrible at. (laughs) Um, Forms, um, anything related to the finances, uh, you know, uh, things like that. And so I probably waited too long to hire an administrative assistant. I think it was maybe six months in. Um, I should have done that on day one, but I did and that was super, super helpful. uh, about a year and a half ago, we brought on a full-time um, director of operations um, who uh, has done a fantastic job um, and uh, have a bookkeeper. And so I, I've just learned that, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you think that you can do it all. And it's important to realize that you can't and to identify those areas where, um, where you're just not as gifted and find people who excel at that and then equip them and empower them to um, – to, to bring that value to, to the business.
1: Yeah, I've talked about this before. So if you've heard it before, forgive me. But I just love this concept that uh, Tommy Newberry taught me. He talks about genius. And he defines it as the intersection of your passion and strength. And he literally draws two lines. And he draws a little circle around that intersection point. Said so that's your genius. You want to spend as much of your time and energy as you can right there. And everything else outside of that little circle, necessary stuff, but everything outside of it, you want to try to find somebody else that can do it and will do it, and actually, it may be in their genius.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That,
1: that's the beauty of it, because uh, there you got folks that could not do
0: what you do, but they absolutely love enabling you to do what you do. Exactly. Exactly. And then the beauty in that is that it frees you up uh, to go and focus on the bigger picture stuff and 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 think through, um, you know, what's next for the business instead of getting caught up in. The tasks that that you're not you're not gifted at and you, you shouldn't really be doing in the first place. All
1: right. So as you've grown your team, um, I feel like you've been thoughtful about creating a culture within the Sketch Effect. And one of the reasons I say that is I follow you on, on Instagram, and I notice you're celebrating your team a lot, mm-hmm. and you're having right. little parties and dinners and and things like that a lot right. to celebrate. Um, accomplishments and work that the team has done. Um, share a little bit about um, your thinking around that.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, culture is super important to me. Um, I think that I think it was Peter Drucker who said, "Culture eats strategy for breakfast." And yeah. I'm a believer in that. I think that uh, you can have the best product in the world, and if your culture is rotten, then that will um, that'll sabotage the product. But if you have uh, you know, uh, a good product in a extraordinary culture, then I think that, um, you'll, you'll be much more successful. Obviously you have to have a good product. Uh, that's, that's critical. Yeah. You know, it's critical that you have a good product, to to bring to the marketplace, but, um, col- a culture is your best, is your best asset. It's been our best asset. Um, so yeah, we, we celebrate a lot of the sketch effect. We, um, we honor people, you know, if it's their birthday, we like to, uh, we, we call it the pile on where we just have everybody go around a circle and tell all the things we appreciate about that person and the value they add to the business. Um, other things we have, uh, just silly things like we have a gong in our office and we, we hit the gong whenever anything awesome happens. It's called the Gong of Awesome. So if we <laughs> if it. we if we land a new client or um, something you know something exciting happens, we hit the gong and everybody applauds and it's we, we
1: really need fun. more sound effects on this podcast because this would be the gong, perfect big... moment for a gong exactly, right now
0: exactly. So yeah, I I think culture is important. I think that when people uh, feel valued and they are are happy to be where they are, their work will be better. Mm. Um, and it's the kind of thing that. Clients will recognize too, so I think culture trickles down to all facets of the business. Um, it creates a better work environment. We work in a very small uh, small office. We're about to move to a new, new a bigger space, but you know, people enjoy being being with each other, and um, I, I believe our clients recognize that, and uh, and it you know it improves the product. I think. I think it was. I don't know who said the quote. I remember Dan Cathy used to say it, which is the handshake of the host affects the taste of the roast.
1: Yeah, Ben.
0: I think it's it ben, Franklin ben Franklin quote. Franklin. Yeah. Get- I remember Dan talking about that. Um, and so we believe that if we have a good culture and that culture comes across um, when we do our work, it will it will it will make our our product better. You know. Um,
1: yeah. And the I've,
0: client will appreciate that. I've
1: heard it described as a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. Like you do what you do good, but then you layer on all this good energy that comes from a healthy culture. Exactly. And as you said, everybody kind of amps it up a little bit. Exactly. And you end up with better Better output. So and,
0: and culture is, is great also because it, it, it becomes a filter for for hiring and firing decisions. Um,
1: have you had to do a lot of that? I know you've had to hire a lot. Uh, mostly
0: hiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mostly hiring. Um, but you know, if, if you if you know what your culture is, if you've defined it, if you have a defined mission, vision, and values state, uh, you know statements which we have, uh, it's a really easy way to, to vet to vet people uh, before you bring them onto the team, um, and so. I care a lot about culture. It's one of those things that um, if if I woke up tomorrow and in our in culture was rotten, I might quit, um, just because I, I care that much about it. I, I want I want our culture to be a force for good uh, for the people that are working with the Sketchfab, for our vendors, for our partners, and and also for our clients. Um, so
1: I love that. So uh, take note, listeners. It's not just about the product as you create your organization. Is it a force for good? Right. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke uh, on the phone um, recently. You felt like you needed to formalize your advisory group and, and really kind of uh, get a board going. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Talk about what led you to that point and and how you feel like having a board of advisors is going to serve you in the sketch effect going forward.
0: Yeah, this is a great question. So um, about a year into the business, I realized I needed um, I needed other voices breathing into you uh, speaking into what, what I was doing. Um, I attended a, a retreat with the fantastic plywood people organization, which yeah. I'm sure your list, some of your listeners are aware Jeff of. Jeff
1: Schenneberger is a former guest, so if you haven't heard that podcast, yeah. I think it may even be a
0: two-part podcast. He, he was awesome. so Yeah. So, yeah, Jeff. He's uh, a rock star. He is, yeah. A good friend of mine. He, he encouraged me. He said, William, you need a board. You need to go home right now and, and get a board. And so um, I remember jotting down a full a list of, of people. It was like 25 people or 30 people and kind of just whittling them down and um and uh, create a board. And so, uh, I do have a board right now and it's, uh, it's, it's great. We meet um, we meet quarterly. Well, we meet quarterly and we do, uh, phone calls. I, I believe it's every other quarter. Um, but it's been a real valuable thing for me just to have other voices, folks from different, that come from different, uh, different industries, have different opinions, different personalities. And it's been really critical. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, I'm a huge fan of getting insight from whoever and whenever you can. Yeah. Um, so in addition to the board, I also have my, my best advisor, which is my wife. she's she's brilliant and always uh, has good insight. Um, and I'm also in a member. I'm also a member of a, a mentorship group actually through plywood. and so um, that's been fantastic as well to have have those voices sort of speaking into what what we're doing. I'm a
1: huge believer in that and, and whether you it's a board or it's sort of a peer group, um, like you're part of, um, I think the message is don't go it alone. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all better off when we can rub up against mm-hmm. one another and learn from one another and encourage one another and, you know, just kind of uh, challenge one another even. Mm-hmm. So so good for you for doing Absolutely. that. Um, share any key tips, ideas, hacks uh, what have you um, – you wish somebody had told you would have made life a whole lot easier, and now you're, you're sitting here, you got the microphone, you get a chance to speak to others and, and maybe save them some grief or make life better for them. Any, any, any just little counsel, tools, tips you might share?
0: Sure. So I think one bit of advice I mentioned earlier was just to, to focus on what you do best and what's most profitable. Um, I, like I said, I started off with, with way too many – Services and it spread myself uh, too thin. It really uh, wasn't. It wasn't until I decided, hey, we're gonna go from nine nine services or nine products down to three, that I felt like the business really started uh, started to to take off. Hmm. Um, another big uh, bit of advice that I would give myself would be to hire an administrative assistant uh, on day one and a bookkeeper on day one. There you go. Um, you know, you think, "Oh, I can do this." Like it's just, it's just the finances, or it's just the the scheduling or the calendaring. And um, I waited way too long to do that. And the second I hired both of those uh, roles, um, I could I could see a noticeable surge in growth related to that.
1: So I'm going to put in a little plug without giving too much or tease. I should say I've got an interview coming up with an organization that can provide both administrative help and bookkeeping help. Um, if, if you're not ready to take on somebody full time, you can buy allotments of time, and they, right. which is kind of cool, because not everybody's ready to swallow
0: uh, exactly a whole role yet. Yep. But you got you can't ignore it, right? You can't ignore it, and there and there are people out there that are gifted in those in those and and are have strengths in those areas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, whether it's a, a part time person or or you know a service. Um, I think there there are solutions out there for any budget in any any size business yes all right
1: so what 's next for sketch effect
0: what 's next uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come to mind uh, well immediately we're we're hoping to to move to a new office space a uh, place that 's bigger where we 're not going to be uh, bumping up against each other um, all the time, um, which is cool. Stay tuned for more on that, but we are really uh, we are really pursuing a scaling strategy. Um, we're really trying to grow uh, what we're doing and, and take, it to the, take it to the nation. You know, we have, um, like we talked about earlier, we have a, a service called Sketch Effect Live. It's where we travel to an event, a conference, a meeting, and we sketch live in the room in real time. Where you know, whenever folks are having a conversation, we're in the room documenting it, diagramming it through visuals. It's pretty
1: amazing because I know I've had you or someone from your team probably on four occasions sketch a talk or a meeting uh, that I was part of, and it's pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, so so we're excited about that, and uh, we are um, building out what we call the Sketch Effect Network, and it's a team of talented, amazing individuals that are located in different cities around the country. Um, and we are um, training these folks up, certifying them in our um, in, in Sketch Effect and what we do, equipping them, and then sending them out to bring Sketch Effect to their markets. Um, we're really excited about it. We've got uh, uh, folks on the West Coast, folks on the East Coast. We've got a, a guy in Puerto Rico, um, and um, we're really um, starting to pursue that hard. And because we believe in what we're doing, we think uh, we have a great product, and we think we have a great brand, and and a great culture, and so we want to bring it to more cities and, and more people. Um, and so we're, we're working working hard on that.
1: That's awesome. Well, I, I want you to know I'm really proud of what you've done over these last four years. Love seeing you succeed, love seeing you grow, and um, certainly wish you the best as you continue to scale. And thank you for just taking the time to come and, and share your story with us today, William. So. Um, SketchEffect.com is a great place to start if somebody wants to learn more.
0: Yeah, The Sketch Effect. The,
1: oh, that's important. T-H-E, The Sketch the Effect. The Sketch
0: Effect, that's right. I here's don't know an, what
1: you'll find if you just go to SketchEffect.com. Here's a little bit
0: of advice. Get get a name that you can own all of the domains for. So oh. own the website, own the Instagram, own the Twitter, all that. So that's, uh, that's why we are The Sketch Effect.
1: Very good. Well, to our listeners, thank you again for just tuning in. I, I would encourage you, challenge somebody that you know that you think would benefit from listening to the podcast uh, to, to join in. I've literally had to get people to say, here, hand me your phone. I'll show you how to find it because they don't really know. Maybe they're not even a podcast listener. Show them how it works. Tell them it doesn't cost anything. It's totally free. It's a great way to learn. And then if you feel uh, so inclined, I'd love for you to go to the uh, iTunes site and just uh, rate us, maybe post a review. But we're grateful uh, to have you along this journey with us. Honored that you, you listen, And uh, we'll just look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped move you from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Find more great resources at launchu.net.